0: Hello, kids, and welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Zach Rosen here with Jacob Rame and Chris Gehring. Missing from today's podcast uh, is Jamoke Davis, who is out due to the birth of his third child, but we want to congratulate you, Jamoke, uh, and your wife, Sheila. They're the mother and the baby are both very healthy, and we're so excited for you, Jamoke. Congrats, uh, Jamoke. Another kid. Congratulations, Jamoke. Uh, but... He'll be joining us again in the near future. Jeremy's out on the road in Indianapolis as the Wizards take on the Pacers tonight at 7 p.m. They're in Philadelphia then tomorrow in a back-to-back 8 o'clock, which is on national TV. Actually, starting tomorrow, seven of the Wizards' next ten games are on national TV, which is pretty exciting. High profile, uh, a lot of intensity, some great matchups. But before we get to this week's games, we want to talk a little bit about the winning streak. Uh, as the Wizards have won four in a row, Atlanta, then o- OKC, and then Thursday, Toronto, and Saturday, Orlando. It's been a really nice streak, guys. Uh, I think we all can agree that the passing has stood out the most. Um, but what uh, what else have you guys taken away from the last four games?
1: I think the team has really stepped up in the absence of John. And I mean, I think that you're, you're going to hear from Drew Gooden later in this episode, and he— we talked to him about you know everybody having to sharpen the focus when you lose an All NBA guy like John, and I really think that's been the case. The team has the team has really come together, and they have played really good team basketball. And I, I wonder, I wonder, I'm I'm really hoping that this will, when John is ready to come back, the elevated play will stay, and then you add the guy that's the best player on your team to the mix, and what you've got is something that's really you know gonna. Uh, make an impact in April and May. And so um I think that this this could end up being really good for the team to end up playing without John for a month or two and then when you bring a guy like him back into the mix and everybody's sharp it, it, it could create something special. And I think the last four games have, have been special. I mean, getting wins against um Oklahoma City and Toronto, two of the toughest teams to play in the league. They were both on they were both red hot coming into those games. Um is is really bodes well for where this team is at right now?
2: Yeah, this is the win. This is a win streak. I think that I think we we wanted to see earlier in the year, and I think I thought we would see earlier in the year. I think that this is a really really good step for the team to go without John. I agree with Jacob, and um like you, like he said, you'll hear from Drew Gooden more on a, on a player's perspective from that, but. The ball—it's—it's—it's it's, it's amazing what happens when the ball is just constantly moving, and they're just constantly trying to find the best shot, no matter who everybody who it eats. Is. Yeah, everybody eats. Um, it's been a really—it's been a really, really good sign to see from this team, and I think the, the effect of it is that everybody's confident. Keith looks really, really good right now. Brad looks good. Otto looks good, and I think that that joint confidence that comes from just constantly moving it. Constantly playing team basketball. is um, really, really healthy for the team right now and I think it's a good it's a good precedent to set and kinda get going. I know that I have no doubt that John is gonna be able to step in when he comes back and, and continue that just because we know that John's a super talented player. He's obviously watching, he knows that this is how you know, this is this is a really good formula to win games with the talent that the Wizards have and um to get it going now without him is super important. And the second point I would make is that when you look around the Eastern Conference, we're into the second half of the season now numbers-wise. We'll have the All-Star break in a couple of weeks. But the, the, the top two seeds are separating themselves. But Cleveland is really struggling. And the Wizards have an opportunity to finish higher than they did last year in the Eastern Conference still, even after their early struggles. And so I think the team knows that as well. They, they know that the opportunity is still there for them. There is uh, there's a lot of fire under them right now, and and they're rolling. They're playing tough opponents. It's good challenges every night, and they know that, and I think that that mindset's really, health- really healthy for them right now.
0: Wizards, during this four-game winning streak, have totaled 132 assists on 173 field goals, the highest assist rate in the NBA over that stretch, and it's also the second-best since January 13th. That's remarkable. Uh, and uh, this was the Wizards fifth straight game with 25 plus assists which is their longest streak in over seven years which is pretty crazy uh and it's it's really been the extra passes the team has been leading the league in assists potential assists and secondary assists which are basically hockey assists over the last four games I mean the ball just hasn't been sticking and again factors go into that and it's really just a team effort and it's yeah. the best the best way to put it and there has been no selfishness at all about getting your shots; has just come naturally. And I think defensively, also the passing is the story. But defensively, a lot of guys have been stepping up in their one-on-one matchups. Maybe Saderanski and Gortat and uh, Porter. Well, Porter mo- more so has those stats in the box score. But those guys have been really good defensively as well.
1: I've been I've been so impressed with um, with Bradley Beal, the distributor. Can you believe that? You know, a few years ago, we talked about this guy, and he was just a shooter. Yeah. He is a complete player. I mean, he's getting close to triple-doubles every night now. Yeah. I mean, if he had played the fourth quarter of um, the game against Orlando, he would have been a lot for his first career yeah. triple-double in that game. He had 18-8-8 at the end of the third, and he is just – he is he's doing it all right now. And he is, he is by no – he's I mean, shooter is something that – you know, he's still a great shooter, but that's a label of the past. He's now just a do-it-all scorer he goes out and gets boards he plays defense so impressed with bl and so excited that in two weeks we're going to see him get rewarded at his first nba yeah, all-star game
2: for sure it's remarkable that he has you know you'll hear again drew Gooden talk about guys playing within themselves but brad has brad has managed to step up his game he has he has reached another level and the team has not suffered for it um i think that that is, is really important. He He's gotten his buckets. I mean, he scored 25 points and a half um, a couple games ago. So he's getting the volume that he likes. He's shooting the ball. He's finding his rhythm. But it's not at the expense of anybody else. I think that that's really impressive. And it's a big testament to how he's playing, how the how Coach Brooks has the team playing right now, and how everybody's kind of buying into this. Um, and so looking forward, there's a lot of opportunities and challenges ahead. and this is exactly the way that the Wizards want to be playing going into that challenging stretch. And I think that with Brad Beal as the leader of that, that charge and the, the way that he's been able to play is, is really, really promising, despite a, a tough week coming up.
1: Looking ahead to this week, I think, I think it's a really interesting week for a number of reasons. Um, you start off with Indiana tonight, a very injured Indiana team. Um, Miles Turner seems to be questionable every night. Um, I think he's probably going to play tonight, though. I would ex- um, you'd expect him to. Victor Oladillo probably won't. If he's, uh, It depends how he feels, yeah. He'll, be, I, he'll be a game-time decision. I'm sure, yeah. We'll see what happens. Sorry we don't know right now. Um, and then you've got Philadelphia tomorrow night. The entire city's going to be destroyed and hungover. That's going to be really interesting going into that city right <laughs> now. A lot,
0: but a lot of spirit. I mean, it's yes. going to be loud on Tuesday. I think yeah. it's their first home game. It's it their is. their first game since the Super Bowl. And
1: so. I wonder, you could see players there yeah. at that game and the place could be rocking. It might be the hardest atmosphere the Wizards play in all year outside of Golden State. Um, So that that's going to be really interesting. And then you've got Boston, the rivalry. And Boston is a team that's as, as banged up as anybody right yeah. now. And so we'll see who's healthy for that game. But you know that we're going to get Boston's best, especially after the Christmas game. And mm-hmm um
2: boston's also still on a four-game win streak despite those those injuries i mean it it is incredible their next man up mentality is the there there's just the the clock that keeps on ticking it's unbelievable
0: yeah and we'll talk more about boston and then chicago on saturday which i also think is an interesting team now that doesn't have miradich and uh, Chris Dunn's been dealing with a concussion. Laurie Markkinen. Chris
1: Dunn f- cannot catch a break, man. Yeah.
0: Laurie Markkinen just had a kid, or his you know, his significant other just had a kid, so he's been not with the team. So they a lot of their missing – they've had a lot of missing pieces the last couple Larry of days. Laurie Markkinen
1: and Jamal K. Davis. Uh, yeah. Connect the
0: dots. There you go. Uh, and, But, yeah, so this back-to-back go Indiana. Perhaps they're banged up. Their guys are still going to play. It's a tough place to play. The yep. Pacers have won – I believe six in a row at home uh, and their defense has been really good the last month or so. I remember last year we went in there and uh, Thad Young had that game winner in a really tight game the yeah. whole way. And then the Wizards actually won the second game in Indiana when John had a, a block I think under three minutes that kind of sealed the game and turned it around for the Wizards. Uh, so the Wizards won this season series last year three to one but the Pacers are completely different. Yeah. Oladipo is there. Paul George is not. Sabonis is now there. Uh, You see Darren Collison is running the point. No more George Hill. Uh, Oladipo, I mean, though, let's see if he plays. Let's let's assume he is playing. What does he bring that maybe we haven't seen out of Indiana in the last couple of years?
2: Yeah, I, I think that, you know, Paul George is a is a magnet for defenses. And I think that Victor Oladipo. During his career, he may not have been, but he's really developed as a shooter. We know his. We know that he's a super athlete, and he can put a lot of pressure on you. But he's also been able to knock down threes at a much higher rate than he has throughout his career. And so, we talk about guys becoming more complete players. He's a. He is a big. He is one of the big candidates for that, and it's been recognized with his All Star nod. But. Um, he has kind of stepped into that role of Paul George but uh, i i would also say that the his supporting cast has also been a surprise. Yeah. Um they they are playing extremely good extremely well as a team. Sabonis so has been really really effective for them really early and so they're tough they're a tough squad to beat. They're certainly hard to beat at home like you mentioned and um it's a good challenge.
0: Yeah, and the Wizards will be playing again after f- tonight and then in philadelphia three and four on the road a lot of travel yeah luckily i guess indianapolis and philly are pretty close by but uh it's a lot of still a tough back-to-back yeah it's a tough back-to-back you know a split would be great i think i don't
1: i I want that w6 going into it would be
0: great but i think this game in philadelphia and you can't overlook the pacers uh, but moving on to philly finally seem healthy enough like joel Embiid finally played in his first back-to-back of his career jj reddick's back no, Fultz is still on the shelf figuring out his shooting mechanics or whatever's going on with him. Um, but the Wizards last time there in Philadelphia was an ugly game. One of the uh, more
1: interesting games I've had the privilege of watching. Uh, I actually don't know if I'd use the word privilege um, <laughs> when we proceeded to foul Ben Simmons 14 million times in the fourth quarter, setting all kinds of NBA records in the process. Um, Brett Brown used it as a teaching moment for Simmons. Wouldn't take him off the floor as the Wizards cut it to. I think. I think we got within one possession after, yeah, being, da- after being down, down twenty, and uh, and unfortunately couldn't close it. But um, be curious to see what will happen if we trail by a couple in the fourth quarter and yeah. if uh, if Scotty goes to it again.
0: Yeah, the Sixers haven't been playing great as of late. They've been very inconsistent this season, going on streaks which way or the other. But a lot of it is from injuries uh i think you look at the sixers and you say wow they're still very young we've played them a few times but you just i think the the bottom line for that team is like most young teams is you can't give them confidence
2: right and i think that that's a big point that that we made about it's 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 weird to say that the eagles win <laughs> is going to affect that game but if that crowd is as is as crazy as I think we all expect it to be, with I believe their parade being either Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, I think it's Wednesday. Um, that that kind of excitement in a city where we know that their sports fans are are the real deal, I, I that kind of energy with guys like Joel Embiid, that young team, that really does help. It really helps a young team. And Joel I, was um, at the Super Bowl, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, he was either there or he was watching with oh, Philly yeah, fans. He was there. He was there um, yeah so they're gonna have that energy about them they are a really good young team and when young teams play motivated and and play free that that that's a dangerous combination we've seen that with brooklyn we've seen that with philadelphia over the last couple of years so yeah they're a hard team to beat jj reddick being back is big for them mm-hmm. he has had an um, he's had an awesome season as a shooter as a scorer he's scoring i think he's over He's at least over 20 points a game since coming back. I think he might be a 20 point per game scorer for the season this year too. Um, and so he's he's been a really good presence for them. I think it was a great veteran add for them in the off season. And I think that the effect that he's had on that team has been has been pretty profound. And able in and trying to kind of steady them, even though when you rely on young guys, you're gonna have your ups and downs regardless of what kind of veteran influence you have. But yeah, they're they're a hard team to beat. T.J. McConnell plays really hard; he makes things difficult. Um, and so, yeah, the Wizards are going to have to bring it. And it's at the end of a trip. That's that's a pretty tiring trip, to be honest. Yeah. So, they're um, they're going to be up against it a little bit. But they could also be riding a five-game winning streak going into that game, and they'll have plenty plenty to play for themselves.
0: So tonight against Indiana, the Wizards will go for a season-high five-game winning streak. That game is at 7 o'clock on NBC Sports Washington. You can listen to it on the radio party, uh, 1500 a.m. And uh, the Wizards will continue their road trip. Then on Tuesday against Philadelphia, uh, and then Thursday, home against Boston. you got to come out for that. The district jerseys are back. Yep, and then Saturday in Chicago. uh, We've only got five more games till the All-Star break, so uh, a lot to to watch all Eastern Conference uh, opponents. And then a really a nice break. I think everyone, including the people in this room, are looking forward to that All Star break. Yes, um, welcome but, break for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but coming up, we have former Wizard and 14 year NBA veteran Drew Gooden. Great chat, and you'll you guys will enjoy this one. We, we talk about his his time broadcasting now with NBC Sports Washington, uh, what he's taken away from the Wizards' play of late, the growth of Bradley Beal and Otto Porter. Uh, and a lot more drew is always a great listen he, he's a rookie in the broadcasting business but he is already very good so uh looking forward to that chat uh coming up the other end of the break all right welcome back to off the bench on the phone we have former wizard 14 year nba veteran drew gooden drew how's it going this morning day after the super bowl not sure who you were pulling for but at least it was a great game
3: you know what? it was a great game um tom brady did not have the, the opportunity to come back like he always does um thanks to the great a great defensive play of, of getting deflection and recovering the ball in that fumble. i mean that was just a, a great defensive play and uh kudos to the eagles In that city i'm just happy for that city man I, just to finally win something, you know, uh, I'm happy for the city of Philadelphia.
0: Definitely. And, uh, well, we know that you were in Orlando doing the broadcast with with Buck and Kara on Saturday. The Wizards are playing great as of late. Uh, Hopefully you weren't thrown too too much under the shadow after the Super Bowl. But what did you take away from that game? I know it was against Orlando, maybe not the most top-tier team in the NBA, but just the way the team's been playing.
3: I I took took away – how efficient the Wizards played and how unselfish everybody played. And now, don't get me wrong, uh, the Washington Wizards are not a better team without John Wall, at, at by no means. But, Glad we got that out By no means are the Washington Wizards better without John Wall. But what's interesting is to see the patience that everybody's playing kind of like losing yourself in the game Roy Williams used to say that when I was in college lose yourself in the in the game you don't know what the score is and I think that's what the Wizards are doing they're playing within themselves they're not trying to do too much everybody is playing great and I think that uh, is making up for the absence of John Wall
2: is that something that in, in your experience in the NBA when a guy goes down like John Wall does that kind of inevitably sharpen the focus of the team I mean we talked about it before but uh, before we saw a game without John Wall, but how it could have that effect just because guys are like, okay, well, you know, John Wall certainly, as an all-star, he, ser- he serves as kind of a safety blanket sometimes. And when that's gone, does that kind of just kind of bring everyone's level, just a hair up on, on kind yeah, of more yeah, alert? Yeah,
3: yes, it does. And um, I think the Wizards, especially when I was there, we were used to not having John some games and having to go out there and win. A prime example uh ramon sessions stepping in during that atlanta series when john wall breaks his hand and coming out those two games playing off the charge and we we were winning one of those games and we end up uh, losing that so we could have won two games and won that series but we've had guys kind of step into that role and, and the team being able to play in big time crunch time games uh, especially in playoff series
1: we've seen um this obviously the team is, is moving the ball phenomenally um since john went out but that's But obviously, you know, that's part of that is because of the fact that John creates so much um, for his teammates that now guys are stepping up. And it's uh, everybody's doing some of the heavy lifting that John um, that John does himself. And as somebody that that played with John for a number of years and kind of reinvented himself as a as a dead eye three point shooter with John and who created a lot of those looks for you. Tell us a little bit about what it's like to play with John and and how he makes everybody's life on the court easier
3: he puts so much pressure on the defense and transition to where you're going to make a, a mistake defensively. And that's where you get the corner threes from Otto Porter. That's where you get the corner threes from Bradley Bill or the pass to the corner back to John for a trail three. He, uh, he puts so much pressure in the open floor, especially after turnovers that you kind of have to pick your poison once you know, he has the ball in his hand. You know, you, you're in distress every time defensively if John is pushing it up, throw to the defense. And uh, as a big, when you have a point guard putting that much pressure, driving into the basket in transition, what does that do? It's like bees to honey. You know, that sucks <laughs> defenders in straight to the basket to where you get kick-out threes and trail threes. And I was a trail three-point shooter toward the tail end of my career. So that was beneficial for me, having a point guard like John Wall.
0: And his all-star backcourt mate, uh, Bradley Beal. I mean, what can you say about him since the time you played with him in his earlier years to now, just the way he's become not only, you know, he was that shooter and now he's a scorer, he's a facilitator, he's a two-way player, just his growth.
3: He was was an all-star last year. Felt like he had got snubbed. Uh, Carmelo Anthony ended up taking that last roster spot, I believe, on the Eastern Conference All-Stars last year. But I believe that should have been Brad's slot. But you know what? He kept working. He worked harder. He's uh, actually having a better year this year. And what's interesting to see w- within this stretch of John Wall being out is the patience of Bradley Beal. Let's credit him along with other guys for having the patience of making the next pass. Brad is actually, I believe, not forcing any offense, relatively speaking. He's not shooting the ball 25, 30 times to make up for John's points. He's making a simple play. And that's, uh, that's kind of having the defense misconstrued now because the scouting report is all focused on, John is not there, so what he's doing is making a simple pass, alleviating alleviating the pressure away from him and not doing too much, and it's really hurting the other team. And now you got guys like Tomas uh, being able to facilitate after two guys commit to Bradley and Tomas driving and, and kicking it out to Otto for a three. So that's where you kind of see them playing together, and it starts with Bradley. I
2: also I kind of want to keep on that train really quickly about your your observation of, of a guy like Otto Porter's growth as well just as a teammate who got to see him up close and personal early in his career to now and and I also wonder just because I know that there was a lot of talk in the offseason about you know Otto Porter has this contract now and now he has to grow and you know he has to keep going I think that we all know as people who know Otto decently well that that's internal for him. That will always be, he is always driving himself to get, get better. But what specifically have you seen from him? And um, how important is it to have a guy like Otto, who is so unselfish on the floor, but is also ready to take big shots, not afraid to pull the trigger when he, when he has to, um, especially during this run?
3: Otto Porter is playing with a ton of confidence now. Um, I think more confidence than ever. And the development has been off the charts. Cause when I, from the time I first got to Washington, Otto's rookie year, it, it was a thin line, Otto playing in the league and Otto not playing in this league, bottom line. Uh, I didn't see, he had potential, but I didn't see him being this good this early. Mm-hmm. And to Otto's credit, you know he busted his tail every day. He's there early. He's shooting. He's working with David Atkins, who's done a phenomenal job with the younger players there on the player development aspect, along with Kelly O'Brien. So uh, he's basically became a pro's pro. Otto Porter is a pro, a young pro. He's beyond his years, and you're starting to see it now. Now, you, You sign him to a big deal. What does that do? He gains confidence. And I think that's all we are seeing this year is Otto Porter with a lot of money and a lot of confidence right now. <laughs> <laughs> For sure.
0: And you mentioned Kelly. We got Keith over here too, the Kansas guys. Uh, do you, do, I mean, I know you had a different coach, but do you, do you keep in contact with those guys with that connection or uh, just in general with the Jayhawks?
3: Yes, I, I stay close to the Jayhawk family uh, no matter who's the coach. And you know what, Bill Silk, to me – has done a phenomenal job and, and exceeded the expectations that Roy Williams kind of set the standard there already before he even arrived so just to see what he's done in the Big 12 and uh, you know winning a national championship and kind of competing for a, a national championship year in year out still being able to recruit uh, I feel like he's my coach too and we have a relationship about just as good as Roy Williams so that is a, a plus for me, and it makes it easier for me to come back. And I'm involved with uh, some charity events in Kansas that I, I recently just graduated. I, I think you guys heard the news on yeah. that last May. So I'm, congratulations I'm Congrats again! Congrats. Yeah, I'm, yeah, thanks. I'm really involved still with the with the, the college and the community as a whole. So that is, uh, you might say, my second home.
1: Moving over to the um, to your. Uh second career of, uh, of broadcasting. Um, I, you know, heard you on the magic broadcast. I was not in Orlando. I thought you were phenomenal. Um, inc- fantastic insight. Um, what have you, what have you really enjoyed about the broadcasting side of things so far? And, and what's the, um, what's the prep like compared to prepping to, uh, playing an NBA game?
3: <laughs> well, I, I don't have the preparation part down yet, <laughs> but, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying. I think my focus right now, attacking this is two things. I love it, it keeps me engaged with the game, and I like to talk a lot. (laughs) 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 You know, so with those three things, I'm kind of just uh, uh, approaching the table with just those three tools, and then I'm figuring it out as as we go along. But um, I think that's all I can bring to the table right now, just my personality, my inside of the game, uh, playing, my relationship with these guys, especially with the Washington Wizards. And uh, just being able to paint a picture for the audience and, 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 and have them kick back and being able to say, hey, I enjoyed watching that game. I enjoyed listening to the telecast, you know? So it's uh, it's something that I watch TV differently now. Um, I'm watching I'm listening more than watching the game if you know what I mean yeah, yeah. you know to the commentating to the you know to just preparation the de the fine details and everything so Carol Austin and Buck they do a tremendous job helping me through this uh, transition phase for me you must say it's my, you might as well just call it my rookie year <laughs> they're doing a phenomenal job they're my veterans they have good leaders ahead of me so uh i just kick back and just add the color. My job is easy.
2: The, the NBA has done a really good job of getting players into the commentator's booth, both like locally and then you see the stuff with players only on NBA TV. Are there any players that maybe you that you got to play with that are now on TV that you've gotten a chance to talk to or um, kind of pick their brain on, on how they do it for all these different things? Because I think as fans and as basketball fans – like from my generation growing up, watching you guys and now getting to listen to you guys on T V is really cool. Is there somebody that you've kind of like sought sought out to get this thing get this thing going?
3: You know, I think uh I really look up to Jalen Rose and the reason why is he works hard. It it seems like he's never taken any days off. And and he's good at it. And yeah. he's good at it. So I kind of – I'm kind of setting the standard to, hey, I want to be like Jalen Rose or I want to be like a Mark Jackson yeah. or I want to be like a, a Van Gundy, you know. So it's uh, – there's co- not even just ex-players. There's coaches out there yeah. that have a ton of insight to where it's just masterful, it seems like, be Brown. Uh, Coach Patello, these guys are like genius uh, when they're pointing out data and, and analyzing the game. So there's different levels to it. I know, and uh, I know I can get a lot better, and, and I think I will with the more reps and, uh, and attention to detail that I put in.
0: For sure. Yeah, we're enjoying listening to you. Uh, the three man booth has definitely been different this year, but uh, it's it's been nice to to integrate with with yourself, Kara, and then to have Phil back with Buck. I'm sure you guys have the NBC uh, Sports group just working a lot more than they're used to but it's been really fun.
3: Yeah, that's good to hear. And, uh, thanks for the feedback. I've been getting great feedback from fans on Twitter. Even my dad said I did a good job. So whenever I hear my dad tell me I did a good
1: job. <laughs> that's 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 the that's definitely the um the feedback you need from Pops. All right, Drew, I have one more thing for you.
0: So I know when you played for the Bucks, you and Aaron Rodgers had this whole hashtag midrange thing going on. Do you ever run into him or talk to him about that anymore?
3: Yeah, I actually, it's funny you said that I actually sent him a text a couple of days ago because he, <laughs> he did a sit down and interview. I forgot who it was with. I think it might have been Scott Van Pelt. And, uh,. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't recall what the question was, but he, all I heard Aaron Rodgers said, yeah, I have a a Zaza Pachulia jersey and a Drew Gooden jersey. (laughs) 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 Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was, I was, I I knew I signed the jersey for him, but I didn't think he was that confident to really tell the public he had one of my jerseys.
1: (laughs) That's a pretty big (laughs) audience.
3: I guess he's really a fan, and uh, he's proud of it.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, I'm glad I'm
0: asked.
3: So it it was a good clip. It was a good video, and I kind of forwarded it to him. I was like, good looking out. (laughs) That's awesome. He he just just laughed, but it it was hilarious, though.
0: The mid-range lives on. That's great. All right, Drew. Well, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, we hope to hear you again soon. When's your next broadcast?
3: I will be there in March So, you you guys are probably going to get sick of me. I have like six or seven games in a row. Beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. Beautiful.
0: We're looking forward to it, man. Yeah.
3: So, I'll see you guys guys in the month of March. All right.
0: We'll we'll talk to you again then. Sounds good.
3: We'll talk then. Okay.
0: All right, WizKids. Thanks for, for tuning in to that interview with Drew Gooden. We'll get to you again later this week as the Wizards have a big week coming up later in the week playing the Celtics and the Bulls. Ciao for now.